Blog Talk Radio. Matt Klintak, John Middleton, and the whole Philadelphia Phillies organization got their man. Breaking down the instant and long-term Phillies enter the Bryce Harper era. All this and more on the 10th episode of FanCast. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? When I bought a ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning? Checking on these, I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my T-Rose. Hey, this captain, I'm Lieutenant. Hello and welcome to FanCast. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. We are in the midst of the most exciting part of the Phillies offseason, bringing in 2015 MVP, six-time All-Star, 2012 Rookie of the Year, Bryce Harper. I'm Coy. Isaac, how are you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. Uh, it's great to have a podcast where you can finally focus on um, how we're going to do with Harper instead of on getting Harper. So... I'd say, I'd say I'm doing quite well. How about you? I'm doing great. One week ago, we were in the middle of a heated discussion, coming at the throat of Matt Klintak, saying he was going to fail in bringing home Harper. Tons of speculation that the Giants and Dodgers were back in the mix. And less than 48 hours later, it was announced that Bryce Harper would be signing with the Philadelphia Phillies. 13-year deal. $330 million with no opt-outs. Harper's a 279 career hitter, almost 390 on base percentage. He won the MVP back in 2015 and looked like he was in the midst of an MVP season back only two years ago before a brutal knee injury. So, Isaac, the question on every Phillies fan's mind, what are your thoughts on the Bryce Harper signing? I quite honestly thought it was very – I was very surprised, especially considering that you heard our last podcast that – it looked in the, as though Harper was heading a different direction. And it ended up being that Harper wanted the longest deal available. We gave him the longest deal available. Um, his AAV was slightly down compared to Machado and Arenado, who had signed extensions previously. Um, but he didn't want an opt-out clause. He didn't want a, uh, trade. He wanted a no-trade clause so that he will be able to recruit. This is what I think is so selfless, is that he'll be able to recruit players and say, here, look, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You can come here, and you don't have to worry about how me, me leaving, possibly, which I compare to almost LeBron James in basketball. Whenever he recruits guys and he he trades guys, he's there season by season. He he can choose when to opt out of his closet, I think, provide some security for um, 
uh, for other players to enjoy, such as Mike Trout. Well, Harper definitely sounded thrilled to be in Philadelphia. Here's a little bit from his press conference this Saturday. can't wait to get on the field and do Philly Nation proud and uh, do everything I can to bring love to the city and do the things I can to, you know, help in the community and bring that family-oriented uh, thing to the clubhouse and, and be part of that group. So um, I'm excited to get started and, uh, you know, here's to a new chapter, here's to a new phase in, in, the, in the life of everybody in Philly and I'm excited to be part of it. Ignoring that little comment saying he wanted to bring a title back to D.C., Harper had almost a perfect. All right, so with Harper coming, as Coy was saying, with Harper having a little slip up with D.C., Phillies fans, I wouldn't be too concerned about how he has a little slip about D.C. He's been trying to win a World Series there for eight straight years. His whole life, that's been his organization. So we'll be too concerned there. Obviously, he's going to be a Philly for the majority of his career now. So as we talk more about how Bryce Harper is going to be, it seems to be a Philly for the majority of his career now, it's quite incredible to think back on how the stars that Philadelphia has had and how all the moves the past four years have led up to this moment where Philadelphia baseball is the talk of the town again. Of course, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, the Sixers acquiring stars and finishing the process really started the sports town to get riled up again. But there's nothing like Philly's baseball in the city of Philadelphia. And sports, sports radio, WIP is buzzing. Callers, I know that I'll be there the first night game of the year. Um, I I cannot wait. Compared to last year, I believe, the ticket sales are up 5,000% or something insane. So, Corey, right now, I know that I'm going to a few games. I just feel like the passion of these games is going to be so much higher than any, anything else. And it'll, again, feel like those 2007-2012 years where – the stadium was sold out every night. Everyone was on their feet from start to finish. And uh, I really it, I really believe that this, this town, this city, will get behind this team, unlike last year. If you remember last year, whenever the Phillies started to fade just a bit, the city didn't represent, they didn't show up to the games because they usually can tell whenever a team is legit or not, and they ended up being... They ended up not being able to finish the job this year. This year, um, Bryce Harper, obviously, the majority of the fans, even though we would have appreciated and truly grown to love Manny Machado, we will instantly, instantly love Bryce Harper. He is one of us now, especially with no opt-outs. I mean, it's really crazy to think that Bryce Harper chose Philly and no opt-outs. Boris, the creator of the opt-out clause, essentially, um, is is getting is totally not want an opt-out. He didn't choose the L.A. near West Coast where he grew up. He chose Philadelphia on the East Coast where baseball is more more prevalent. And as he said, he's looking forward to recruit players. Uh, 
he already started to recruit Le'Veon Bell, and with Mike Trout coming, Coy, uh, how excited are you for to have a, a real legit superstar back in the city of Philadelphia baseball? I think Bryce might be the most impactful athlete in Philadelphia outside of Nick Foles since Allen Iverson, who really put Sixers basketball on the map when he carried that team through. Bryce Harper is a face of the franchise player for a team who is lacking that. Aaron Nola is a very good pitcher. He finished third in all in Cy Young voting last year, but he didn't exactly have that marketing campaign that Bryce now brings. We already saw they sold over 100,000 tickets within 24 hours of his signing. Jersey sales for the first 48 hours, according to Fanatics, he was the most purchased jersey ever, even including ahead of LeBron James when he went to the Lakers. So it seems like Bryce automatically puts Philly sports right back on the map he gets a Phillies team that was looked on the brink of t- contention, maybe the favorites to get in, to now they're a World Series contender and a top six or seven team in the league. It's truly exciting how even though many players have, were acquired this year, and as we know, I would have still been excited this year, even if we had with Don Harper. I still would have got onto the games, would have been excited, excited but – there's a different buzz now. You, you can't lie. It, it, it truly feels different than it would have if we hadn't gotten Harper. It definitely does. But we'll get back into Harper in a minute, and we're going to slide into our awards of the week. Isaac, who did you think the top pitcher and hitter of the week was for the Phillies? Well, going off today, my pitcher of the week is actually Aaron Nola. Today was the first Nola day of the year. He showed up, had a great three innings, didn't give up any runs. We've had uh, less than three hits, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of lot of reasons to be excited with this Phillies team, and Aaron Nola is one of them. Hitter of the week. This is a tough one. I personally had JT Real Muto, even though the stats weren't as good as some of the other players. I believe that he had some really quality games. Um, he had a sack fly he, that he. They struck pretty well last um, last Wednesday, and he he's been getting on base uh, extra base hits. He he smacked that one home run on the day that Bryce Harper was signed, and there's tons of reasons to be excited, especially with J- players like J.J. Romuto and Aaron Nola. Who are your players with? For my pitcher, I went with Jake Arrieta, who had a rough year in 2018, had just signed his three-year, $75 million contract, didn't exactly perform the way Phillies and their fans would have hoped, but he came out three perfect innings, four strikeouts. He had claimed to be pitching on a meniscus injury most of last season. So if this is the healthy Arrieta that we're going to have throughout 2019, he'll be a major factor in how far the Phillies can go. And then on the hitting side, I went with Drew Butera, He's a player fighting for a backup spot with Andrew Knapp to back up JT Romito. And he's been having a good spring overall. Two home runs and seven at-bats, five RBIs, a great OPS, 1.643. So I think he's a player that could be crucial. Some off-the-bench weekday games that having a backup catcher when we lacked a starting and backup catcher last year for most of the season had trouble filling that spot with offensive slumps, not always great defensively. Having a very solid backup to back up the best catcher in baseball is definitely going to be a key factor in the depth of the Phillies roster in 2019. 
I am a big fan of Drew Butera. Battle with Andrew Knapp for the backup catcher spot. I am like you. I am totally on the side of Drew Butera. He has great veteran presence. He has great defense. His bat looks to be hot so far this spring, and that can only be good for him because his trouble has always been with his bat. So we'll see, but he he truly looks like the backup catcher that I believe we need to back up the best catcher in the league. The Phillies lineup in 2019 looks lethal from a starting standpoint. It's all going to come down to how that bench unfolds, how the injury bug affects the Phillies, if they can get some good depth like they have right now with Nick Williams, Aaron Altair, Roman Quinn to back up that outfield. The infield depth is a little bit weaker. Could use a little bit of help there. Sean Rodriguez faced a little bit of an injury. We'll see if he's all right. He would have been a very solid utility guy. It's also going to come down to how guys can step up, as Gabe Kapler would say, shoulder to shoulder. Who's going to fill in when one man goes down? And I think that'll be a key thing. We saw last year guys like Cesar Hernandez had to play on a broken foot because there wasn't always someone to back him up, and the team would have struggled mightily if he had fallen down. J.P. Crawford, not on the Phillies anymore, but another example of guys who were hurt couldn't make it through the entirety of the season. I think that it's the same thing with our bullpen, where there's a lot of depth there. Starting pitching, not so much. We'll have to see how that all unfolds. But we'll get all back to that in a little bit more. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. I'm going to head into a network advertisement, but when we get back, more Bryce Harper and a whole lot of Philadelphia Phillies. Hello, everyone. My name is Eamon, and I'm one of the hosts at Pinstripe Talk. On Wednesday, March 3rd at 5 o'clock, we will be discussing who will take left field and the possibilities of Clint Fisher maybe taking that job, to the status of the bullpen and how they're going to do this season, and also why the Yankees didn't land some of the biggest free agents this offseason. All of this and more on this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk. So the Phillies, the biggest news of the offseason was they, when they landed superstar free agent Bryce Harper to a 13-year deal. It was a record-setting contract, $330 million, $5 million more than when John Carlos Stanton was signed to an extension a couple years ago. But the key thing was how long that deal was. It wasn't the 10-year deal that Manny Machado got. Isaac, how many of those 13 years do you think Bryce Harper will produce at an elite level for the Phillies? Well, it's hard to differentiate the elite and great and quality. Um, I believe that at 26, um, the next seven years, I believe, until he's 33 or maybe even eight years, I believe he can produce it in the elite level because that's his prime years until he's around 33, 34, especially as, as a power hitter. I believe that's when you that's when you start declining. And even after that, he seems like the type of player, the type of work ethic, that he can even prolong his prime longer than many people can. And Coy, from listening to all of his interviews, I was surprised by the amount of class he has. Not to say that I didn't think Bryce Harper was classy, but he's very genuine. He's very calm. He's very composed. He doesn't he doesn't blurt out random answers. He he thinks them through. He he's not he doesn't say anything to get himself blasted on that little DC comment, but that kind of stuff happens. So I've really been impressed by, by him in every way so far. I'm sure it can only go up from here. Some people closer to the game said it was great for the common baseball fan to see this Bryce Harper press conference because it lets you know who, what kind of guy he really is. Many fans just see the boisterous hair flipping, electric bat flips, running into fences, and you don't get the true idea of 
what this kid who said, that's a clown question, bro, what kind of guy he truly is. And it seemed from that press conference the big theme of this offseason was from Bryce was family. He saw the Phillies as a family long-term. He wanted a spot where his kids could settle down. He said he'd be proud for them to say they're from Philly. And I think overall, one phrase he used quite often was he wanted to dig his roots. And that's why he won the longest contract possible that was given to him. 13 years from the Phillies was obviously that, as opposed to the three- or four-year deals offered by the Dodgers. He seems like a family man. His wife was there. There's a lot of athletes you see at 26. They're clubbing around from girl to girl. Bryce seems like he wants to settle down. He's been with his wife, Kayla, for a bit now. He's talking about kids, very close to his parents. If you remember, his, him and his wife were actually his parents for Halloween. They all seem like a tight-knit circle. And that's the kind of guy, that kind of personality that you want in your dugout, to be a good presence and leadership role for some of the guys. I can't even say younger because he's actually the second youngest guy in our starting lineup right now, but guys with less experience than him. So when they develop forward, they see this guy who's a top player in the game, but also a top character and top guy in this game. They can see that's the kind of player I want to be like, someone that will lead by example. So on and off the field, I think this was a great move by the Phillies. So I, I want to talk to you about how crazy it is that John Middleton and his wife, Lee Middleton, how much of an impact they had. I truly think that they are a big reason on why Harper came to Philly. His wife seemed to love to talk, love to talk about um, um, the Middletons. And she see, they both seemed to, like, they embraced them right away when they came off the plane and, Kayla Harper, as much as Philly will love uh, Bryce, I think she'll 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 become endeared by the city as well. Some of her, she shot back at some salty fans on Instagram, and I know a bunch of a bunch of fans went crazy saying like, you know, like, I I just think she's the right type of personality for Philadelphia. They seem like that kind of killer combo. John Milton hit back on it after that first meeting, which feels like years and years ago, back in January, he talked about how impressed he was by the character of Bryce and Kayla. And back then, it seemed like Manny was the Phillies front office preference. They wanted him. They were sort of leaning that way. And then that whole meeting with Bryce and Kayla sort of shifted that focus to, hmm, maybe this should be our guy. And it came out today, John Middleton, he had heard the fans' reaction. He knew that they wanted Bryce in the Phillies' pinstripes more than they wanted Machado. A little bit of controversy around Machado back in October. Obviously didn't affect his market too much as he got that 10 years, $300 million, something the Phillies obviously could have afforded. It was a gamble not to go with Machado, but it all panned out in the end, landing Harper at $330 million. It is a lot of money, but like you said, he takes on a lower AAV trying to recruit players, and that's just another thing that shows his character. Bryce isn't here to get those personal accolades. He wants to win, and once again, it almost seems like more than just a playing presence, having that leadership role in the dugout, an example for young Phillies to come up. He was hanging out with Mickey Moniak today at spring training, another first overall pick, outfielder, give him a little bit of that leadership. Bryce seems like he's already embraced the Phillies, the Philadelphia persona, and I think that he couldn't be a more perfect fit for this team. Uh, I totally agree with you. Now, as earlier as I was talking about this, the Bank Park is – going to get hype again. Let's bring in Dylan from Florida. I wanted to talk about the effects of Citizens Bank Park. Mm-hmm. 
right. Well, while we wait for Dylan real quick, uh, Coy, did, did you see that that ticket sales are up, I believe, 5,000% in this this week compared to this week last year? Well, it was reported from guys inside the Phillies organization that they had sold close to 100,000 tickets within the first 24 hours of Bryce's signing. That was a team record for most in a single day. We've seen how the revenue has gone up already. It seems like it's already a return on investment for the Phillies. Between this, the jersey sales from Bryce Harper, number one in Fanatics' first 24-hour history, according to them. But let's bring in Dylan back now. Technical difficulties fixed up. Dylan, how are you today? Good. So what do you got for us today, Dylan? All right. I wanted to ask Papa that how – how is it going to be affected to him uh, playing in Philadelphia every single day instead of the national stadium? Well, personally, I believe that Philadelphia, I mean, I'm biased, but Philadelphia sports fans are some of the best uh, up there with, I'd say, Yankees fans and Red Sox fans. And Citizens Bank Park, if you remember, um, every single night, all 162 games. It was rocking from start to finish, pitch one to end of the game. Fans were into it, no matter the score. So I believe while fans were definitely into it while the Nationals were winning, whenever whenever Ooh. they weren't as successful, fans, fans didn't really care. They, they moved on. Whereas when the Phillies Ooh. are losing, we, we're upset. We're, we're very, very upset whenever our teams lose. It's not, we, it's not like we just go on with life. Um, we care a lot about our sports, and Citizens Bank Park will be affected a lot. There's going to be a ton yeah. more passionate fans there than there were last year that care a lot more, and I, I'm I'm very excited to see what this year brings. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling in, Dylan. Feel free to call in at eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. Like we said, CBP is going to be rocking this season the most intensity since that little playoff run from 2007 to 2011. Reese Hoskins had some powerful words from about that. He said he doesn't want to just see that 2008 picture anymore. He wants to feel it. He wants to feel that playoff electricity, the feeling of being able to put a ring on and win that World Series. How do you think the rest of the team around Bryce Harper, what's their mindset headed into 2019? I believe they're stoked. I mean, when you have a player with the, at the caliber of Bryce Harper join your team, there is a piece by Magnum Montemurro for The Athletic that said that Nick, they interviewed Nick Pavetta, and he said whenever Bryce Harper entered the clubhouse for the first time and they, they put up that name in the clubhouse, the whole clubhouse sat in silence for a few minutes, and they just they thought. Everyone just kept thinking about the type of potential this team now has. Of course, they... They heard about JT Ramutsu, the best catcher in baseball. Um, they brought in David Robertson. They brought in Gene Segura, an all-star shortstop. But this guy is different, as we all know. He's a career free agent. Um, even debatably the face of baseball. And he's now playing for our team and their team. And they, they have to feel a sense of confidence that they can win this division now. They can make the playoffs. They can be playing October baseball. And I myself am excited. The players are excited, obviously. And I I just think it's going to be an outstanding season. We'll get back to the potential of this team in a little bit. But like you said, Bryce Harper right now, he seems like the face of baseball. He's at the 
more marketable player, that style, charisma, the flair that draws in the average fan. He's played, played on a little bit of a higher platform than Mike Trout, who's undeniably the best player in the game. Bryce has been to more playoff games. He's had that better team around him to get to a higher level. But if in 2020 Mike Trout does come to Philly, how do you think that affects the market of baseball with two of the top players in the game, one the most marketable and one the overall best in the same outfield? I, th- I think um, probably the most dynamic duo, maybe maybe since Gehrig and, and Ruth. I, I don't want to stretch it too much, but talking about Mike Trout, a top five talent of all time, and Bryce Harper, who's yet to hit it, yet to really, I believe, show his true potential other than in 2015 when he had his MVP season. I believe he could become more consistent, show that year, year to year. And that outfield, uh, that was standing shoulder by shoulder in the outfield. It's it it it, it could be something. Obviously, we're not, we're not going to bank on on Trout coming to Philly. There's still two more years b- before he even hits the market. And and even um, Harper said he's going to respect how how Mike Trout has a season to play. He's not going to interfere with his winning now and his team now because he knows that Trout wants to win with the Angels. And even though I believe you and me like don't believe the Angels front office can get it done like the Phillies can, I think I think we need to cherish Harper while we have him. And I'm personally kind of sick of rumors. So at this point, I'm focusing on our team with Harper right now. And whenever free agency comes around again, we'll cross that bridge when it, when we get to it. So, so I, I think that's why it was so bit. crucial. I think it was so crucial to get Harper this offseason because like we saw with Nolan Arenado, the Yankees sort of waited out Manny Machado thinking they could have him to play third base a year from now, seeing Arenado as the better player. And Arenado's not going to hit the free agent market until three years later. Might not be the same player he is right now. We can't bank on these guys hitting the open market, whereas Bryce Harper was available for all this cash, which is why it was so crucial for Matt Glenn to, to lock it in when he had that chance because if he was banking on maybe Mike Trout being available and wanting to come home, you never know what happens. If the Angels blow him away with an offer he can't refuse, someone else sneaks in and gets him. It would have been a risky gamble to wait on that, but I think overall, he made the safe bet, went in 330 mil on Harper. Seems like a lot of money, but I think it's already going to be a return on investment for the Phils, and we're going to see it panned out over the next 13 years why that was such a good signing. It was also stated that, I mean, there's a lot of details that came out if you have a subscription to The Athletic, um, that Middleton wasn't truly concerned about the revenue coming in by Harper. He wants to win. And as we all speculated, boy, I, I, I believe Middleton has to be considered a top three owner in the league right now just because of this Harper signing and the way he went about it. it it's crazy how he was truly determined. Clentac obviously – was willing to go in whatever direction the rest of the manager was. And I believe Middleton and his wife are what pushed the needle and what made this Harper signing happen and made baseball in Philadelphia truly great again. Um, he made fans like me and you, you and I excited for it. Um, there are people who now are jumping on the Phillies bandwagon just, just because of the signing of Bryce Harper. And there's, of course there's going to be revenue coming in from it. Uh, I think they're missing the point. John Middleton wants to win. He wants to win now. And 
I, I believe he took the right step in the right direction with signing Bryce Harper. Well, for all those bandwagon fans, if you weren't with us for Don Brown, Cody Ashy, Cody and Jeff Francoeur, one advice hopping on now. Harper, like you said, he was looking for a family this offseason, and he just so happened to find one, just so happened to be spelled with a PH instead of an F. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. We'll get all back into this, a couple of your questions, right after a network advertisement. Hey, this is Jake from the Amazing Mets Podcast. This week, we will continue to talk about spring training so far, along with the first base situation. We will also talk about some late free agent decisions that could possibly push us ahead. Make sure to tune in on Thursday at 8 p.m. So now we are seeing the post-Harper response, seeing him show up at spring training, be with the team, take some hacks. He's going to get his first spring training game this Saturday when he'll DH. How do you think that game will go and the rest of spring training? How do you think Gabe Kapler is going to use him? And do you think he'll be ready as March 28th rolls around? Um. He will most definitely be ready for opening early. Harper is playing. He's DHing this Saturday. I was expecting a week and a half, two weeks for Harper to get settled. I mean, this is going to be his home for the next over a decade now. Um, and I, I, th- I really thought he would decide to be settled in a little bit. You know, obviously show up to camp quickly, but may not get too rushed into it. Uh, maybe. But he's DHing um, on Saturday. I believe he said that it'll take him 40 to 45 at bats to truly be ready for opening day. So I think he, he definitely should get started on Saturday if that's his goal. Well, if he's looking for a place to crash, former Sixers GM Sam Hankey was offering him a spot to lease his former house. Sam Hankey is beloved in the eyes of Sixers fans. His process turned out pretty well. Let's hope that Bryce Harper has the same effect on the field. This was already a team seen as borderline NLCS contenders, Seemed like it would be a dogfight in the NL East. This move, everyone said, the Phillies already had the cake. This was the icing on top. They are now a top eight, top six team. Do you think the ceiling for this team is a World Series win? You see, Coy, I, I hate to put those types of expectations on the Phillies right now, especially with the addition of Bryce Harper. I would be truly pleased this season with – I, my standing predictions are yet to come out and my playoff predictions as well. I believe the Phillies can win a round of the playoffs. And if they do that after the past few seasons, Philadelphia will be delighted. And if anything more than that, I, I certainly welcome it. But I, I'm not sure I'd expect a World Series win this year, especially with the first year of all these pieces coming together. Having this structure all put together, it already seems like just based off this offseason – this year is already going to be a win from the Phillies. Now let's head into another caller, Kai from Tampa. Kai, how are you today? Hi, how are you doing? I was going to ask uh, how how do you think how do you guys think that Trout will? I mean, uh, Bryce Harper will be able to recruit Trout. Like, how does he have any say in it? And what's your guys' take on that? Well, Bryce had said that he talked to Mike pretty intensely about what he thought about Philadelphia. Mike grew up close to here, a little bit down in New Jersey, but he was a big Philly fan. We saw him. He's been courtside at Sixers games, often in the Eagle Stadium. So they've talked about that. They talked about Bryce's decision, and it definitely had an impact on him, seeing how close they are, how much Mike loves Philly. It all seems like the perfect storm to then bring Mike in two years later. 
Harper took sort of a team-friendly deal in the sense that it's only $25 million a year, so it still gives the team that flexibility to bring in another large contract. I think Bryce Harper is going to be very crucial to Mike Trout coming in, sort of in the same way that JT Romuto had a little bit of an impact on Bryce Harper coming in. Bryce said at his press conference, JT was one of his favorite players in the game, and he definitely took notice to all the moves Matt Klintak made to improve this team and to see that this was a winning culture. So I definitely think Bryce will have an impact on Mike's decision a couple bit in a couple years. Okay. I personally, I personally think that Harper will have a huge say on where Trout goes. To be honest, I mean, Trout recruited Harper to a city he doesn't even play in. I find that kind of remarkable, to be honest. And when that report was officially concerned, I mean, I confirmed that they've been texting each other about this whole process. You can't tell me that conversations such as um, including me, uh, joining in 2021 didn't surface. I mean, that, that had to have been a topic of a conversation. It couldn't have solely been Trout recruiting into a city that he doesn't even play in. So, I mean, even being an unbiased fan, it's hard for me to see a way that that didn't have any impact at all. Okay, I'm an Angels fan, and, I, like, it's hard for me to say that he's going to the Phillies. I mean, that's, that's hard for me to say because – I feel like he want, would want to be an uh, angel for life just because of the team culture and how he fits as a captain as a team. Like, I can't see him going anywhere else. That that very well could be. You guys could be suiting up to offer him a record-breaking extension. and He could be an angel for life, like you said. He seems the kind of guy that could be willing to commit to one team. Um, yeah. <laughs> to one team the rest of his career. So, like you said, uh, I, I, yeah, this is Who wouldn't want to live in L A? I mean, I mean, it's not only about that. He, he, it's his hometown. So you kind of have to recognize that East Coast is more prevalent for baseball. Certainly, the Yankees, Yankees, Red Sox, Phillies. Um, down south, you, I'm sure you know, you have the Rays and Marlins. So I mean, yeah. there are there's a lot of baseball on the East Coast that's pretty prevalent. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, that makes sense, but at the same time, you got to hope, in my point of view, that he stays in the Angels. But that's about it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for calling in, Kai. We hope for your sake that over the next two years, Mike does you well, but then we'll take him off your hands and a little bit after that. Call in at 845-277-9345. This definitely has had a big impact on the players in the Phillies clubhouse. Many of them had come out and said before the Harper acquisition that they were confident that either Manny or Bryce would be joining them once this season started. Obviously, they have him. What sort of impact do you think it would have had on the Phillies clubhouse had they been not able to secure Bryce Harper? Like I said last Tuesday, I think it would have been terrible. The vibe would have been awful, especially whenever veterans like Arianna said they expected one of the two to come join the Phillies. I think the vibe would have been still obviously would have had to keep their heads down, but it wouldn't have instilled the confidence in them for his now instilled. They're, the media is all around Bryce Harper that, um, right now. They would have been asking everyone how they were going to deal with not signing those two players, and it would have truly been a major distraction, whereas now it's a distraction in sort of a good way. Definitely would have been a dark shadow hanging over the Phillies' heads. But now we're filled with some questions today from the listeners. 
So we'll bring in our producer, Benson, to hit us with a couple of those. All right, first question is from Mickey. Who is the most underrated pitcher on the Phillies? Um, I believe the most underrated pitcher on the Phillies is a relief pitcher, a dude right around this. He, has been, he was a standout last year. He got injured and was moved up and down to the minors for some strange reason. But I think he's the Philly who is definitely the most overlooked and underrated. Um, he is a crazy, crazy good um, reliever. He has great K per nine, great stuff. And I think he can, he can be another X factor in the bullpen. I'm going to stick with the bullpen on you. A little bit of an older guy, Pat Neshek. I thought he had a great season last year, 259 ERA. His stint with the Phillies before that, it was under two at 112, just above that one mark. So he's a shutdown guy out of the bullpen. Not that electric closer role that gets a ton of attention, but a seventh or eighth inning guy that's able to come in, get the job done. I'm looking forward to seeing how he fits in this year with a more solid bullpen around him. Next question, Benson. Our next question is from Aiden. Where will Dallas Keuchel sign? It's tough to tell at this point because there's been so many teams that have reportedly had interest in him, the Phillies being one of them. It seems like before that the Phillies were the likely favorites, and we had said before we saw him coming in, now Clintac has come out and said he doesn't want a long-term deal. I'm not sure if Dallas would want to settle for a one-year deal, prove himself. That's what I hope he would do so we could get him. It's tough right now. Teams like the Athletics, the Pirates, all have checked in, seen what his market is. The Padres have been looking at him. It's tough to say right now. Hopefully he doesn't fall in the division, any of the teams in the NL East, somewhere out, out in the AL. But we'll have to see how he unfolds now that Scott Boris has a big name off his hands. I see Dallas Keuchel signing with San Diego Padres. Like you said, they've checked in on him before. Um, they, there's lots of teams obviously still in on him. And his market is kind of unclear. There's no reports out on where his market is, what exactly he's looking for. I mean, he's most likely still looking for longer-term, uh, three- or four- or five-year deal. But at this point, with the way this market is moving, I doubt he gets that from a team unless – San Diego jumps in. I believe San Diego would offer him a three-year deal um, somewhere around $50 million, maybe 48. Um, that they, they seem like a team that really wants to make a jump right now, have an impact right now. and it's, uh, I can see that they had an interest in Corey Kluber. I could see them signing Dallas Keuchel. Our next question is from Brendan. How many Harper homers can we expect in 2019? Well, my Bryce Harper prediction is yet to come out, but my over-under for this year for this year is 42. I believe 42 home runs. I know it's a lot, but that's the amount of home around the amount of home runs I'd expect for Bryce Harper. How about you, Coy? Um, I would like to point out that I will be referring to it as Bryce Bombs. I think that's a little bit more catchy. But I think we will see around uh, 40 of them in 2019. I think that Citizens Bank Park is more friendly to a left-handed hitter, short right field fence as opposed to in Washington. 
I think that he has great numbers in Citizens Bank Park, and he will continue to carry that through in 2019. What else you got for us, Benson? Uh, this question is from John. Who will benefit more from Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins or JT Realmuto? It's tough to say with either of them. I don't think they will benefit the most. I think a younger outfielder that can see um, Bryce's work ethic, how he takes about, they will have more of a impact from Bryce's leadership. Someone like Mickey Moniak, who will be able at the big league level soon, Adam Hazley, one of those two. Out of Reese or JT, I would have to go with Reese, will benefit more from Bryce just because JT is an established superstar in the league. Reese will have more protection around him. I think all the acquisitions this offseason will help Reese, who was at times last year the lone hot bat in the Phillies lineup. So I think all that protection around him, Reese is going to have a great 2019, a bit of a breakout campaign. Um, I'm not sure I'm calling a a breakout so far. Uh, I'm not sure I'm calling a breakout for Reese, but I definitely think he'll benefit from this. Um, so I, I I agree with you that Reese will benefit. Um, so I'm gonna say yeah, Reese. Uh, I think he'll hit north of how many home runs he hit last year. Next question, Brenson. Uh, this question is from Bill. How confident are you that the Phillies will get Mike Trout? Um, I think um, it's tough to say right now because we saw that Nolan Arenado didn't hit the open market. I think that Philly might be Trout's preferred destination if he does hit the free agency. It's tough to tell right now. I would say percentage-wise, it's looking – 60-40 that he does come to Philly. I'd say the percentage is probably low at this point. I mean, two years, a lot of things could change. Not not to be a spoil anything, but I'd say probably 30% for Philly, which is actually pretty high. With a player that has two years left on a team, to have a 30% chance of landing while he's not even on your team, I think is pretty great. Let's get our last question, Benson. All right, this question is from Skip. How should the Phillies address their pitching issues? I don't think the pitching issues are too severe. I think a lefty starter in the rotation would help someone like Dallas Keuchel if he's willing to meet the right match for the Phillies could help out. But I think the major upgrade to the Phillies pitching staff will be at the trade deadline when they acquire Madison Bumgarner from the San Francisco Giants. So I think we might have to wait a bit, but in due time, a lefty starter will come to Philly. Um, I believe – I'm a believer that we should sign Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell right now. Um, like you said, I, I believe e- either one of them, um, they could put us over the top. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. It's nice to be able to wrap this up on a note that isn't saying, Bryce Harper, please come to Philly. We'll be back next week. We'll be breaking down more of how Harper's debut in the Pinstripes went, how all the offseason performers performed, and how the Phillies look heading into 2019. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to come back next week. Take care and go Phils. Hold on, wait a minute. Minute.
Y'all thought I was finished? When I bought her ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning? Jackson on these, I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team, Rose. Ain't this captain, I'm lieutenant. I'm the type can of men casting, grind like I'm broke. Fancast is produced by Benson Fector. Fancast is a baseball podcast network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Koi, at Koi's Dimmall. That's Z-D-I-M-A-L. And Isaac, at Philly's Focus, with a P-H. Be sure to give the FanCast account a follow on Instagram as well, at FanCastBPM. For more FanCast content, be sure to head over to our website, at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all those social media platforms. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.